Hello all, and welcome to this episode of No Home for Heroes. No Home for Heroes explores histories of military mysteries regarding Americans who are missing in action from our past wars. These long-forgotten MIAs are remembered here. Today's episode is titled, Finding a Rock in an Australian Cloud. We'll warn you, it's part one because this story is too big to tell in just one portion of No Home for Heroes. Part two will continue next week. But today's episode of No Home for Heroes is taken from case number 0411 in the files of the Chief Rickstone and Family Charitable Foundation. Pilots all over the world have a grim saying about aircraft crashes usually caused by pilot error in flying too low to the ground. Pilots refer to it as finding a rock in a cloud. Really, history is full of famous deaths caused by pilots finding a rock in a cloud. Actress Carol Lombard, the wife of Clark Gable, singer Patsy Cline, one of my favorites, and even more recently, Kobe Bryant. Today's story has a twist. After over 60 years, an American Army officer, that's an Army Air Corps officer, was finally identified as a victim of finding that infamous rock in a cloud during World War II. But was it really the person identified or some other unfortunate pilot who found the rock? I'm your host, Rick Stone, bringing you another great true story from our vault of history's military mysteries. No Home for Heroes is a trademark production sponsored by the Chief Rickstone and Family Charitable Foundation. For more information on the foundation, visit our website at www.chiefrickstone.com. We invite you to listen to all of our podcasts on Apple Podcasts or whichever podcast or streaming platform you prefer. We dedicate this episode to our loyal listeners at the Assured Partners Aerospace and especially my close friend, Randy Hardy, whose love for aviation inspired today's episode. May none of your clients ever find a rock in a cloud. Joseph Potter McLaughlin was by all accounts a short, well, he was five foot five inches tall, and confident character. Some even called him cocky. Born in Montana in 1915, Joe graduated from Missoula High School in Missoula, Montana in June 1935. He entered Montana State University and completed three years of college before enlisting in the United States Army Air Corps Reserves on 8 November 1939. On 27 May 1940, Joe graduated from flight school at a ceremony at Kelly Field here in Texas and was commissioned as a second lieutenant in the United States Army Air Corps Reserves. Three months later, on 7 August 1940, Lieutenant McLaughlin received orders to report to Moffett Field in California. Lieutenant McLaughlin took off in an AP-36A fighter plane at about 1.20 in the afternoon on 13 September 1940 for a simple period of familiarization landing training. After making three successful landings and takeoffs, Lieutenant McLaughlin forgot to lower the landing gear, and the airplane landed on its belly, causing significant damage to the propeller, left wing, and undercarriage. 
Lieutenant McLaughlin luckily was not injured. A review of the accident determined that he was guilty of a, quote, combination of poor technique and negligent, end quote. He was ordered to complete additional intensified instruction. On 24 May 1941, Lieutenant McLaughlin received orders for transport to the Philippine Islands. Shortly after his arrival in Manila, 2nd Lieutenant McLaughlin was promoted to 1st Lieutenant and assigned to the 20th Pursuit Squadron. In the Philippines, the squadron was transitioning from the obsolete P-35 and P-36 fighters to the P-40 Tomahawk fighters. He was stationed at Clark Field near Manila. That was six months before the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor and Clark Field in the Philippines, which precipitated World War II. It's unknown what specific involvement Lieutenant McLaughlin had in the aerial defense of the Philippines, but as units were decimated, there soon became more pilots than there were airplanes to fly them, and Lieutenant McLaughlin served briefly with the infantry. Surviving pilots from the initial pursuit squadrons, including Lieutenant McLaughlin, began being evacuated to Australia as early as December 1941, and by Christmas 1941, Lieutenant McLaughlin was in Victoria, Australia where he was assigned to the headquarters of the Geelong Erection Department. He was assigned as a test pilot, and he was promoted to captain. Captain McLaughlin was assigned there to a job where he was to test new or repaired aircraft as they were assembled in Australia and before they were were released for combat operations. On 5 March 1942, Captain McLaughlin was assigned to a, quote, special mission. Now this mission is kind of mysterious, but there's some indication that it had to do with delivering secret documents to General MacArthur. Nonetheless, this special mission was to fly from Laverton Field, which is a repair depot southwest of Melbourne, Australia, to Canberra, Australia. Captain McLaughlin was piloting a P-40E Kitty Hawk fighter. His orders were to carry out his, quote, special mission, end quote, to Canberra, and then return to Laverton Field. Due to inclement weather, Captain McLaughlin was not able to take off from Canberra on his return flight until approximately 0800, that's 8 o'clock in the morning for you non-military types, on 10 March 1942. He did not file a flight plan or inform anyone of the direction he was headed when he took off. About two hours later, on 10 March 1942, an aircraft identified as a P-40 type fighter was sighted over Yay, Victoria, Australia, by a local air raid warning person. The aircraft was last seen flying very low over nearby mountains in stormy weather, and soon a large cloud of smoke was seen in the vicinity of Chapel Mountain. Search parties were sent out on the ground and via the air, but no trace of Captain McLaughlin's or his aircraft was located. Captain McLaughlin was not seen or heard from again, and he was listed as missing in action. And there, ladies and gentlemen, the case of Captain McLaughlin rested for the next six years. On 29 December 1948, a local resident discovered an airplane crash site about 10 miles north of Walhalla, Australia. 
The crash was reported to the local police, and a team consisting of police personnel and members of the Royal Australian Air Force were dispatched to the site to complete an investigation. On 1 January 1949, flight leader G.C. McGilvray, McGilvray submitted a report on his findings to the commanding officer of the RAAF station at East Sale, Australia. In his report, flight leader McGilvray identified the aircraft as a P-40E Kitty Hawk fighter and postulated that, quote, partial remains recovered by those of Captain McLaughlin, end quote. On 22 July 1949, Dr. Mildred Trotter of the Army Central Identification Laboratory in Honolulu, Hawaii, examined the human remains recovered by Captain McGilvray. The remains consisted of fragments of two cervical vertebrae, fragments of five thoracic vertebrae, approximately eight ounces of charred skull fragments, ribs, and a number five metacarpal from the left hand and portions of the left arm. For those of you who are not aware, a metacarpal is a finger, and the number five metacarpal would be your pinky finger, on this, in this case, on your left hand. This will become important later on in our story. Dr. Trotter's analysis of the unidentified remains indicated that the individual was aged, quote, 20 plus years, end quote, and had received multiple fractures and burns. She estimated the height of the casualty as 65.35 inches. No other biometric assessments could be determined by Dr. Trotter. On 5 August 1949, a board of review by the Arms, uh, Army Graves Registration Service, or AGRIS, recommended that the unknown remains recovered by the RAAF be identified as Captain Joseph Potter McLaughlin. On 29 September 1949, the United States Army Quartermaster General disapproved the identification of Captain McLaughlin based primarily because Dr. Crawler's analysis indicated that the remains were, quote, too fragmentary for any physical comparison, end quote. On 2 February 1950, the remains recovered by the Royal Australian Air Force were interred as an unknown in Plot P, Grave 1035 of the National Memorial Cemetery of the Pacific, also known as the Punch Bowl. And there, the remains stayed for over 50 years. A United States Air Force Lieutenant General, who was formerly a lieutenant in command of Lieutenant McLaughlin's unit in the Philippines, contacted the Joint POW-MIA Accounting Command, or JPAC, on 30 May 2002, requesting the status of Captain McLaughlin. A review of his case by JPAC resulted in a JPAC investigative team mission in March 2003 to the site believed to be where the remains were originally recovered in 1948 and 1949. No additional remains of personal effects were recovered by the investigative team. A year later, JPAC sent out a recovery team who excavated the presumed crash site. They found fragments of aircraft wreckage, but they found no human remains. The one item that they did find of significance was a pair of United States Army Air Corps Silver Pilot Wings insignia. 
In addition, the JPAC recovery team received a watch from a local resident near the crash site who stated that he had found the watch from soil embedded in an aircraft engine block at the crash site in the 1950s. In other words, over 50 years prior to JPAC's arrival on the site. The watch face indicated that it stopped running between 10 and 11 o'clock, and the back is engraved J.P. McLaughlin, Captain, Air Corps. On 3 March 2004, JPAC disinterred the remains recovered by the Royal Australian Air Force in 1949 and buried for 55 years in the Punchbowl Cemetery as an unknown. A forensic examination was conducted on 15 September 2004 and determined that the remains were a male between the age of 20 and 35, and the JPAC anthropologist estimated the height of the casualty to be 64.4 inches. The height was estimated by measuring that left fifth metacarpal bone. That's the bottom bone of your left pinky finger. That little bone was used by JPAC to estimate the height. No other biometric determinations could be made by JPAC in 2004. The JPAC laboratory director recommended approval of identification of the remains as Captain Joseph Potter McLaughlin. The JPAC commander concurred with the recommendation by the JPAC laboratory director and the case of Captain Joseph McLaughlin was officially resolved. The remains were transferred to the Arlington National Cemetery where they were buried on 10 April 2006 in Section 60, Site 749. And if you were to visit Arlington National Cemetery today, you would find the headstone of Captain Joseph Potter McLaughlin at that very site. But, <laughs> and there's always a but in history's military mysteries. Information was uncovered by an independent Australian researcher which indicated another possible crash of a P-40 type aircraft in the vicinity of where Captain McLaughlin's remains were allegedly recovered by the Royal Australian Air Force in 1949. The distance between the two crash sites was estimated to be about 800 meters, or less than half a mile. In 2018, the Australian researcher contacted the Chief Rickstone and Family Charitable Foundation to resolve whether or not the remains currently buried in the Arlington National Cemetery as Captain Joseph Potter McLaughlin are really his. What resulted was the longest investigation ever attempted by the Foundation. Tune in next week for part two of Finding a Rock in an Australian Cloud to learn the startling findings of our investigation into the case of Captain Joseph Potter McLaughlin. Thank you for listening to this episode of Home for Heroes. No home for heroes. We hope you've enjoyed today's production, and we invite you to check out our other episodes on Apple Podcasts, TuneIn Radio Podcasts, Blueberry Podcasts, or whichever platform you like to listen to podcasts. We hope we haven't given away the startling conclusion by referring to the episode as 
Home for Heroes, because our podcasts are known as No Home for Heroes. We greatly appreciate your comments, and a special link is available for you to contact us on our website at www.chiefrickstone.com. We again thank you for your support of our mission to provide information to the families of missing American servicemen and missing American servicewomen. Every assistance counts, and you do make a difference. Until next time, be careful, be safe, and wishing you fair winds and following seas, I'm your host, Rick Stone, reminding you that poor is the nation that has no heroes, but shameful is the nation that having heroes forgets them. <laughs>